Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Murat, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the ToddCast Show. Today, we're joined by our guest, J.J. Geronimo. How are you this morning, J.J.? I'm doing great, Todd. Thanks for inviting me to such an interesting discussion. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, we'll see how you feel about it. We're going to dig into your personal life. <laughs> uh, but yes, I appreciate you being here, and thank you so much for sharing with our guests today. Can I ask where you're calling from? I am in Cleveland, Ohio. Ah, rock and roll city. That's cool. You ever been to the Hall of Fame? I have, yes. Very cool. Favorite band? My favorite band is the Indigo Girls. Really? Yes. That's so cool. Um, I know this is kind of offbeat, but can I can I do a quick funny share about the Indigo Girls? Sure. Okay. So like um, the second time I ever took acid was uh, in my uh, life living in Florida. And I lived in this apartment complex and I knew everybody because my father was a maintenance engineer there. And so we'd go around to all the apartments and stuff. And I ended up making friends with this gay guy and he was just the coolest thing ever. And we got along so well and had a great time. And I'll never forget, I looked over and I saw the CD. I'm like, what are what are the Indigo Girls? And he's like, oh boy. And so like to him, it was like I was just discovering Jesus. And so we ended up hanging out and uh, taking acid and driving around in his car and listening to the Indigo Girls. And it was a really great experience. And like I got a lot of value out of their depths and stuff like that, the depth of their lyrics and their message. And it was like the first time I ever discovered them, but I've always really liked them too. Oh, I love their message too. I love it. And I just, I just saw them recently and I just uh I'd go anywhere to see them I just always feel so good when I'm at one of their concerts I love that yeah music is such a great thing it's the wonderful unifier it's the best and um what do you do tell us what you do up front well I'm an author and speaker and I have been working on retreats of bringing people together to manage and level out their masculine and feminine energy Oh, wow. That sounds perfect. And some, something I should probably do myself. That would be great. Uh, very, very cool. And were you born in Cleveland? Where were you born? I was born in Buffalo, New York. Wow. Okay. So not that far away. And did you grow up with siblings? Yes. Yes. I have one brother. Still lives there. Is he older or younger? He's younger. Okay, cool. So you're the big sister. That's good. That's good. And our yeah. Both of your parents still with you? Luckily, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. How long have they been together? 
Oh gosh, fifty-five years. Yeah, guess guesstimates are okay. I can never remember yeah. things like that. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. What a cool thing! Like I miss those generations where people actually stayed together. It was my grandparents. God rest their souls. But that was the example. These days, it's like you're lucky to get through six months with somebody. Um, you know, but fifty-five years. That's gorgeous. Love it. Love it. Love it. And did you have a? Um, Let's see, um, going back a little bit in the very beginning, like if you can, I always like to kind of start here because, you know, it's interesting and we all remember different things. But if you were to reach back into your childhood, the earliest memory that you can recollect that stands out, what would that be? Gosh, I mean, there's lots of memories. I'm trying to think like, what is the first one? I mean, I think taking the school bus, right? Getting at the, going to the curb and taking the school bus and being out on your own in life. That's exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a vision that I can remember. I can still see it in my head. I was in the crib and it was uh, before I was 18 months old. And for some reason, I, I can see my brother coming in. I see his face and he picked me up and held me and that's all I remember but that's my earliest one and it's strange because I can't escape it but it's like not ambiguous at all it's really focused it's like man I can see the stripes and the colors and the walls and you know it's weird it's so strange because I was so young but like to me that was one that really stood out and you know I don't know why but just as a baby for some reason that, that caught yeah yeah now that you say that like before I went to school we lived by the school, and so the kids used to walk by our house to go to, wasn't a McDonald's or Burger King, it was like a, it was something else. There was something on the corner, and uh, the kids used to walk by, and they used to wave to us at the window all the time. So I guess I just remember all those kids walking by and waving. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Very good. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And um, when you were born, since you were the big sister, what was it like having a little brother? Like, not necessarily as a child, of course, but like, you know, what's it like to be the big sister in your family growing up? I've never really thought about it that way. I just, you know, I feel like our family unit with the four of us, I just think of the four of us all the time. Mm. He's pretty busy, does totally different work than I do. And I feel like he's just part of the family. I was not a mothering hen by any means. I wouldn't say I'm very maternal at nature at all. So I would just say it was just, you know, having somebody around was nice. Be cool. Be cool. And what type of memories do you have with your parents early childhood? Well, I definitely remember going to the beach. That was always fun. My dad loved to play cards. So we used to play cards a lot and we used to go on family drives and they did all the cooking. You know, we didn't have tons of money. We had very little money, actually. So, you know, we cooked at home a lot, but we'd always get outside and we had animals and we were always busy. Always very busy. Cool. Very cool. That is awesome. And um, did you live in New York for most of your childhood? Were you there for just a oh, little while? Yep. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Did you like going to school? Remember your first day at school? I liked school definitely a lot. I loved math. I loved my teachers. Yeah, I really enjoyed school. Very cool. Very cool. Did you connect with the teachers and uh, the parents and things like that? Were you really social? Like, what was your dyna dynamics like in school? Oh, gosh. Yes, I was very social. It's funny because I'm getting an award next month for my school and I graduated with over 300 kids. And wow. I would have never thought that I would be getting an award. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> but it's kind of fun. Things are coming full circle. That is so wild. How about that? And um, the award is for what? Uh, distinguished alumni. Distinguished oh. alumni. I have so many books uh, and so many award-winning books. And really, the work that I do in the world has been recognized by my high school. And I've been nominated this year as a distinguished alumni. That is so cool. And it's important for young people to have inspiration like that. I think that's wonderful. And, you know, hopefully it'll help someone think, you know what? Wow, she did that. And I am right here. I can do something, too. And whatever that purpose might be, I'm sure there's a lot of purpose in what you do, of course. And the writing of the books, you know, it's not just for fun. You're trying to help people and make a difference in the world, right? 
Well, and I would say if you would have asked me my graduating year, like, do you think you'd ever get this award? I would laugh. I mean, I just think sometimes your life takes you in directions you never imagined and you had no idea like what your skill set might be when you leave high school. <laughs> a lot of things have to happen. And I feel like life, you know, goes in a direction that you may or not may not understand initially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And would you say that... Um... Just out of curiosity, like since, you know, you kind of think of your family as a four person unit, um, do you think that there's distinguishing differences between how your father and your mother influenced you and, and helped you to gain, you know, traction in life and all that good stuff? Oh, definitely. I do a lot of spiritual seeking and I would say that, you know, your parents and siblings are your first lessons and, if you're spiritually inclined, you may believe that you even pick your parents, uh, which might be hard for some people and even downright unbelievable for others. But there are life lessons that come from people that are very close to you uh, and your parents being one of them. Do you believe in past life regression? I do. Okay, me too. Me too. Me too. Can I can I do another quick share? Sure, I love it. Maybe this will spur you uh, to think of something different, but I definitely want to offer this because to me it was quite amazing. Um, You know, the spirit for me has been a big thing in my life and it's really important, but I've always struggled with other factors and, you know, impulses and things like that and um, whatever. But like, um, let's see. Hmm. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry. Take me back really quick. I'll edit this out. Um, say to say what you just said. I'll edit this out later. Help me get back on track. Here. Yeah. So yes. So the spirit. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting. People may or may not spiritually believe this, but the spiritual work that I've done today. Lead, makes me leads me to believe that you pick your parents and God that bless. your parents and maybe even your siblings will potentially be your big one of your biggest life lessons. Okay, gotcha. Thank you for that. Um, you put me back on track. I apologize. I, I that's never happened to me before. I, I completely lost my train of thought. Um, there were two stories I was thinking of, but the one I want to share actually deals with past life regression and. I didn't know anything about it, didn't believe in it, didn't understand it. My dad talked about it a little bit. He was a pretty gifted metaphysician, um, but I didn't really understand it until one day this guy upstairs where I lived, I was working with his son. He was a graphic designer working with me, and uh, he's like, dude, my dad's a hypnotist. You should uh, get with him and let him hypnotize you, and I'm like, hypnosis, okay, whatever. You know, and so I started talking to this guy and sure enough, you know, he was like, hey, well, I specialize in this, this, this and this. And I also help you explore your past life experience. And I was like, come on, man, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So like for whatever the reason, we're down in my living room and um, he took me under and I had a couple of really amazing experiences. And I, I found out that apparently my parents in this life are the same parents that I had in a previous life. And uh, the life I was living in Seminole County, Florida, in an Indian tribe, and my parents in a previous life, supposedly being the same spirits in this life, were the leaders of the tribe, and I defied them. And uh, this this is something that happened like thirty something years ago. Okay, so like way before what I'm about to tell you with my family happened. Um, so apparently, I said no when they wanted me to say yes, and they kicked me out of the tribe. So I ended up hanging around and, uh, you know, not ever going too far. And then one day, and this is the part that was so remarkable to me, I can kind of still see it in my mind, but like I was laying on the grass and there were arrows and blood and, you know, I was laying there and there were people standing over me looking at me and everything. And apparently I got killed by my own people in uh, Florida when in a previous life. So, you know, that was like, pretty eye-opening and I was like well that's weird you know and and I didn't put the message together by any stretch of the imagination so fast forward a lot of years and um just about about 15 years ago at this point in time uh from the year 2023 um 
my family, uh, ironically enough, my, my dad was, was passed. And, uh, when my grandmother finally passed, my grandfather passed as well. Um, there were some things that were happening with my family that I didn't understand or approve of. So I started asking questions and, you know, like anyone would do. And, uh, rather than answer the questions, they pretty much kicked me out of the family and, uh, did some other things that, uh, weren't very nice. And, you know, I haven't spoken with any of them in a really, really long time. And, it's really weird because I look back and think about that experience and I thought to myself, man, if that's the case, then I had the answer and just didn't discern that I should find a way to work things out with my, my family. I can't argue with my mother because she's totally narcissistic and completely wrapped up in her own world. Like she doesn't even hear what you're saying. Like it's that kind of a dynamic. And you know, I wished I would have known that that lesson could have enabled me. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I just thought it was interesting because I, I seem to have gotten the same lesson over again, man. And, uh, I don't really want it in this life. <laughs> so you know, I just thought I'd share that, but I was just kind of curious what your thoughts were on that sort of thing. Oh, I totally think so. I think sometimes our souls need to continue lessons or revisit lessons to ensure that we're evolving and expanding. And, you know, everything, I really believe that life happens for us. And so if you're in a situation or something's happening that you're kind of scratching your head or you're even angry about or, you know, you feel like someone has really duped you or any of the above, you know, sitting back and saying, this is happening for me. If this is happening for me, what is good about the situation? Absolutely. That can be so challenging. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I struggled with that for most all of my life. And, you know, as an older person, I'm 51 now. Um, I finally, you know, it's all starting to kind of make sense. And I'm having the control and ability to deal with things that before would have been way too challenging for me. Um, so I guess we all get it at times that um, we're supposed to. But is there a way to speed up the process for people? <laughs> That's great. That's great. You know, I think things happen for you in due time. And, you know, I feel like every step brings us to the next step. And so the fact that you're even talking about it uh, or even even discussing how challenging it can be uh, is really a step in the right direction, because our whole life is really like we have agreed to come down here. We've agreed for the lessons that we're moving through. And really, we're here to expand our awareness and cultivate a new level of love or connection that we didn't experience previously. And so if you just kind of keep that in mind that you've chosen to be here and everything is perfectly orchestrated for you to expand your experience and enlighten your load or illuminate your soul or connect with more love and light, you know, you are on the right path. Cool. Good. Because I don't want to come back here again, JJ. All right. I've had about enough of this place. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That can be. <laughs> I would like to get back so into funny. the spirit realm. I, honestly, and I'm not suicidal or anything anymore, but like it was, uh, it became my desire, you know, somewhere around 20 years ago. Just I want to go home, man. And uh, this isn't it. You know, I want to go home to the place where I came from as spirit. And, you know, I, I really do. I'm looking forward to that day when it comes. I'm really looking forward to it. Not because, you know, of a sense of failure or anything, but it's just like, man, I feel so much. I feel like the spirit world is probably a better place than whatever it is that this crazy stuff on Earth is all about. It just seems like, it, you know, it's like you could be part of the machine or you could be a tire on the car. And I'd like to be part of the machine again, you know, and we, I guess we are in a way, but like, it just seems like when we die, if, if indeed it's true that we go back or come back or whatever, it's like, uh, there's gotta be something better and more than all this earthly stuff. Cause it's so confusing all the time. And People are constantly, you know, working against themselves and others and things like that. It's not all negative, but it's like there's so many people in the world that are lost. And, 
I don't know. It's a strange thing. Maybe it has something to do with the population, you know, increasing and all that stuff. But um, I just, uh, you know, always kind of feel like there's something about being part of that spiritual realm that makes more sense than all this emotional and mental stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, I would say if you were through your lessons, you would be moving back to that space. So if you ask me, you still have some major lessons to learn and things to experience and maybe even things to share. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And that's honestly one of the things that keeps me going and um, really motivated is to reach others and to help others and try to make a difference because I was a selfish person and I was a bit of an asshole at one point, maybe for a long time, actually just didn't know it. Um, but, you know, when I learned to shed my dark skin, let's say, then the light started to shine and it was like, man, this is really great. And, you know, as it becomes amplified and, you know, for me, I found a good church and some great people and really strong men, you know, Christian men that have been able to help me. I'm a spiritually minded person, but I believe in community and a church and, you know, that sort of thing. I enjoy that. So um, for me, it's been life changing, to be honest, just the exercise of faith alone and really understanding that the light is the answer. And for me, the light represents all kinds of things that are positive and good and all that. But it's OK. You can still walk through darkness as long as you're the light. You know, it's like you can't go wrong. So new period. Uh, for many of us, you know, I think that it's it's an experience and the fact that you're starting to really get aware of the fact that this is a bigger meaning and it's not about any one thing that happens any one day but about raising your energy to the highest level possible and i think you really have to have a strategy to do that totally agree absolutely and speaking of which um just so we don't lose touch if you could could you just Maybe we'll make it easy. We don't need to, you know, navigate every grade. Although I love the chronological aspect of the discovery process to me, that's very exciting. Um, what would you say in your childhood was the first time that you saw yourself having purpose in life? Like as a young person, did that happen or did that not happen until you were older? Yeah, it really didn't happen until I was older. I mean, I was kind of just an observer and I just enjoyed, I would say, my most enjoyable years because I had nothing, you know, I wasn't somebody that was top of my class or the best swimmer or any of those things. I was kind of middle of the pack uh, for most of my younger. It wasn't until I was in college that I really even understood that I even had the smarts to get the higher grades. And, mm. you know, I think we have different people that come in our lives that push us in directions. And I had different people kind of show me and push me along that path. But I would say, like you, you know, I just turned 52 and 50. I don't want to give myself any extra years. So I just turned 50 also. Awesome. And I have to look back in my life and, you know, I'm opening a wellness resort, uh, a healing wellness resort. And I, I can look back on particular things in my life that brought me to this point. What are some of those things that come to mind? Well, it's super interesting because like when I was in high school, I was cleaning houses and then I got a banquet waitressing job. Then I did waitressing and then, you know, I moved into technology and then I started writing books and every piece of my experience I'm tapping into to really get this like resort experience off the ground. And I feel like everything that I've gone through has been perfectly orchestrated to not only give me the confidence I have now, but the tools to really work through the things necessary to get something of this magnitude off the ground. Absolutely. Uh, it's amazing to me how those things work. And before the show, we were talking briefly about the changes that I've had at my uh, current employer and how I started a business to face that challenge. Um, and honestly, it's funny to me because I thought about it one day. I was sitting here and just the other day, actually, and contemplating this, I'm like, man, you know, I learned a lot about self-employment taxes while I was working at TurboTax. They actually had me do a presentation and a report and all that. And I learned a lot of things. And it's like, 
while I was doing it, I thought it was because I was investing myself in a career at TurboTax, which which could be, the, you know, maybe it is. I don't know what's going to happen um, next time I go back there, but it won't be till January now. Um, but like what I really realized is, no, that was actually to help me understand how to run my business. Mm-hmm. And, and it was completely separated. I didn't even know I was going to start a business while I was learning that. But looking back, I realized like that's a puzzle piece that I really needed. And um, so I was really happy to kind of make the connection between the dots, you know, and maybe it's important. Could you speak a little bit to helping people maybe understand how those things connect and what to look out for? Because I think a lot of times things come and go in our lives and we don't even realize the value of what it is. And how it might play into our future. Is there a way to recognize that? Is it all about gut, instinct? Like, how does it work? Well, it's interesting because I've had some whispers along the way. So I do a lot of speaking for women's groups around the world. And I was getting off of a stage in Seattle. And as I was leaving the stage with hundreds of women in the audience, I got a message to bring the women together outside. And, you know... I was thinking, where did that come from? Bring the women together outside. What What is that all about? And then I'm trying to, my mind is like, okay, do I do it now? Like, how would I get hundreds of women from this conference room outside? Like, no, it can't be right now. What does that have to do with it? So, you know, that happened years ago in 2016. And I sat on it and I would go to different events and I started noticing a lot of the women sitting outside their body. Like they weren't really grounded into themselves, their soul's work, or even connected with their inner wisdom. And as I continued to get those messages, I I just really was like, what? Am I supposed to have a retreat? How am I supposed to do this? So I turned to an energy practitioner that I worked with, Dora, I'm like, Dora, I keep getting these messages. And she's like, well, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what to do. I don't know how I would do it. I don't want to waste the money. I, I What if it didn't go that well? And over a series of a couple hours, we talked through it. And I knew that I was supposed to bring the women together differently than how I had been showing up. And I sort of mm-hmm. categorized that into sort of a retreat or gathering outside. But... My ego energy, which is such a protective energy for us, would say, well, what will you build? And what if nobody comes? And what if it fails? And I had to really work through my self-talk because that was what was really holding me back. And months after I talked to Dora, I actually launched my first retreat, which was amazing. I think 12 women showed up. And even as they were walking in the door, my ego was still saying, you're an idiot. I can't believe you did this. This is going to fail. They're going to think they paid too much. The food's not going to be as good as you think. And, you know, I've had to do some serious work on just managing that inner conversation that is usually just not that positive. Uh, but I will say is like, I listened to what was kind of coming to me. And over time, I explored it. And just this week, I had, I think, my 15th retreat. Congratulations. Good for you. That's really cool. Amazing. You're very welcome. I know that different belief systems embody different types of things, but like when you were saying that, the first thing I was thinking like, oh, in the Christian world, that's the devil trying to keep you off track or the darkness trying to snuff out the light. Is it that simple or is it really a matter of ego or something within the self? Well, I don't, I I just, yeah, I mean, I feel like your ego is your protective energy. Kind of think of an egg where it's your protective shell. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes we need to get beyond the protective shell to really get into the good stuff. And I think for many of us, we need to teach ourselves how to get beyond that voice Mm -hmm. because that voice in our head is really is trying to protect us. And it is part of who we are. And it's not a negative thing. It's just piece of who we are. So, you know, I had to do some really deep soul searching, but I also did some really intense classes, mindfulness classes based on John Kabat-Zinn that gave me the tools to not only be in the present moment to recognize what I'm saying to myself on a regular basis, but also tools to sort of compartmentalize the things that I don't really need to pay attention to right now and gives me the freedom to sort of allow myself to tap more into that love and connection rather than fear, anxiety, and worry. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are very destructive forces and they hold us back quite a bit. Um, 
you know, without getting into, you know, of course, we're not uh, pushing anything here, but do you think that faith in a higher power is part of the key to all of this, or is it something that even an atheist can do or agnostic? I mean, I think anybody can do it. If you believe that you're here for a higher good, just you individually, whether you're connected to a higher purpose or not, I think you can do amazing work in the world. Uh, if that inner good is part of who you are and it's just your energy within the container of the human body, great, great. I think, you know, we're all here to do good. We're all here to support one another. We're all here to remember that we're connected in some way. And unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of things at play in the world right now that um, that are trying to make us forget that. That's right. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's important to remember. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. That's good, though, actually. I was contemplating that myself. I really don't have an answer. I don't know. Um, for me, I believe that it's important to believe in something. <laughs> but, you know, I understand for everybody, it's not like that. You know, they, they think invisible man, you know, f ghosts and fairy tales. It's like it's all just a joke to them. And you know, I don't know really how to explain it, but when you see faith working in your life, I mean, there's something about that, you know, it's like a connectedness to the universe, the creator, whatever it is, like it's beyond, you know, what we can ever achieve here on earth. Like there's something much, much greater that we're a part of. Would you agree on that level as well? Just, you know, forgetting about belief systems and all that, we're all really part of something greater, right? Well, I believe that, but I don't really feel the need to tell anybody else like what they should and shouldn't believe in. I believe that we're part of something bigger because it helps me connect with the higher purpose and it allows me to not get caught up in the everyday nonsense of like what's happening at times. You know, there's so much anger and frustration and I need this and they didn't do this for me. And like, that's not the energy I want to live in every day. And I do believe that your energy attracts similar energy. And so I'm really focused on raising my energy or raising my frequency. And so I really pay attention to what I listen to, what I read, who I engage with, because I feel like that you can almost create a life of similar frequencies if you keep working on your frequency. I see. It's almost like just keeping things optimized, right? Oh, yes, definitely optimized. But I feel like when you think of frequency, think of like a radio station. You know, FM stands for frequency modulation. And so you could be at like 94.1, 98.7, 102.5, 105.7. No, and wherever you are on your spectrum, you will attract similar energy. Very cool. That's good to keep in mind, actually. I mean, I realize, you know, the power of it and the frequency and all that stuff, but putting that together, it's really important. So maintaining a higher energy, a more positive energy will allow you to attract, you know, higher and more positive things and people and circumstances. Otherwise, if you're down focused on the negative, you might end up with uh, somebody who complains a lot and causes problems in your life. Well, that's for sure, Todd. And I would say that I was there. You know, I in 2010, I was in the wrong job. I had the wrong amount of help. I was traveling all the time and doing work that I really wasn't inspired by. And I was in the mud puddle. And guess what? Everyone I hung out with and talked to on a regular basis was in the mud puddle, too. But I didn't know it because it was just so part of who I was. And so I had to do some self-inventory. I had to sit, sit down. I'm sorry. I had to sit down. Okay. I'll start again. I'll okay. start again. You're good. I had to sit down with a piece of paper with a plus column and a minus column. And I had to mind my thoughts all day long. Like, what was I saying? How was I saying it? You know, was I positive? Was I negative? Was I supportive? Was I tearing someone down? Was I a naysayer? And, you know, at that point in my time, I didn't realize how negative I was really being. And once I saw it on paper like that. Even if I didn't say it to someone else, I just said it to myself like, oh, I can't believe the way the person drives or why hasn't anyone filled the coffee machine? When I had to really manage my thoughts, really pay attention, and I noticed I had a lot more in the negative column, 
I was like, this has got to shift. Like I need to get more in the positive column. And so I would really pay attention to how I thought every, you know, every time I started something new, every time I got on a phone call, every time I had a conversation in the grocery store, like I was going to get in that positive column. And it took me about a year to really completely shift to that positive column. But then when I did, different people just kind of fell out of my life. I stopped having these really like, oh, draining conversations. And I had to kind of train some people that were in my life like, hey, listen, I really am going to focus on shifting my frequency and I'd love for you to join me. But if you don't want to do it or you're not there, that's fine. But I really am going to really focus on positive energy and being grateful for what I have. And if I catch myself kind of getting in that negative Nelly space, I'd love for you to pull me back or I'd love to just like have a moment to shift back over to the positive. And um, some people shifted with me. Some people didn't want anything to do with me after it. And some people just faded away. And I would say a decade, well, it's over a decade later, like I have a very full, joyful life. And it took a lot of self-discipline to do that. I see. And letting go of a lot of the things that you were holding on to from the past, right? Well, yeah, I've done a lot of energy work. And so I know we'll talk about this, but I, I probably visited about 50 different energy practitioners really to just, I'm cur- I'm a curious soul. I like to learn. I like to experience things. And I like to bring, bring back best practices to other people. And so in my third book, I talk about my own seeking and how I've really worked to shift my energy and the stories I've had to work through and the situations that I've been carrying with me and conversations and how I've cleared a lot of that out to create more space for love and light. Absolutely. Absolutely. How did you get into writing? Hmm. Well, it's funny because I would not categorize myself as a, as a writer by any means, but um, I can tell some stories and my books are really based on best practices. I bring all the best practices back to people so they can pick and choose what will work for them. And so even my second book where I talk about how to get promoted or how to get on that board seat, it's called Accelerate Your Impact. I give, I really lay out a playbook for people of how to make that happen. And, you know, what I didn't know early on is there's a difference of working in your career and on your career, especially when you get into your mid thirties and beyond, you have to strategically position yourself for that next position. And there's very specific things you have to do, which is advice I had no idea about. And so my books are really just extractions of really big wisdoms or ahas or even strategies and tools that I can share with other people to shorten their journey. Very cool. Very cool. And when you very first started writing, did you have any idea of what was coming or were you just doing it for fun? What was the purpose in your very first execution of that? Well, my first book, The Working Woman's GPS, When the Plan to Have It All Leads You Astray, was really, I was a mom. I was in my 30s, mid-30s. I had young children. I had a house in Cleveland, an office in San Francisco, and I had a team all over the world. And I lost my way. And I thought having it all was going to really be so fruitful. But in reality, it was very exhausting. And I pulled women together in 2008 to just learn more about how they maneuvered it. How did they keep everything going? I mean, I tried all different groups before starting my own group, but I really wanted to have specific conversations that would really talk about behind the scenes for working women and especially women in really demanding careers. So I started writing those lessons down for my daughter that at the time was only three. And it was really just to write it down so I could share it with her so that she would be easier for her in 20 years. But, you know, people kept saying, well, can you share one with me? Or can you share like what you wrote down? Or I'd love to give that to my daughter. And other people say, you know, you really should turn that into a book. And, you know, little by little, people and things just kept coming my way. And and that's continued to happen over my life where people, even yesterday, woman was like, I can't get published. Can you help get me published? And I feel like my messages come through other people of where I should be really focusing my energy. And so one book was, I thought I'd only do one book, but then the next book came and, you know, it was a nut. Again, I wanted to share the findings with women. Mm. And then this third book, which I think is the most profound book because it really talks about working from the inside out. 
Very cool. Yeah. And that's important to really uncover all of the different things that we might not even recognize in that process. That sounds great. Um, do your strategies work for men too, or are you primarily focused on women? Well, they do. Actually, a lot of my readers are men. In fact, just Thursday on my last retreat I had, um, I have a couple entrepreneur men that have large firms in the area that read my books and they wanted to host their women customers mm. at a retreat. And so we had an insurance company, a law firm, a bank, um, and another um, law firm that came together and we hosted 45 women. And that was because of men reading my books. That's awesome. How cool. Good, good. I love that it crosses over too. That's great. I mean, we all struggle with different things, but yeah, that's good. I like that a lot. Um, so I heard something about kids. Are you married? I am. I'm married with two kids. Awesome. How long have you been married? Tw over 20 years. Wow. Congratulations. That is awesome. Wow. And uh, your parents influenced you clearly for a healthy relationship life. <laughs> you know, 20 years. Well, I mean, I just think it's important to note that, again, relationships are lessons, right? right? Our relationships that we choose are lessons and sometimes the lesson's done. And when the lesson's done, we part ways and move on. So I don't necessarily constitute a marriage that stays together as successful because I feel like it doesn't mean it's a healthy marriage. It could be somebody sacrificing for the sake of their children or for other women. Now, I luckily have a great marriage. My husband and I have been learning and growing together. We do a lot of seeking together and independently, and we've worked through a lot of our own stories, and we've worked through a lot of lessons together. And I feel like it's as um, as the seed of the soul, Gary Zuvak would say, which is a fantastic book, you know, you might get a spiritual partner along the way. And I feel lucky enough that that has happened for me, at least at this point in my life. And I feel like if you, someone listening did, you know, isn't married or it didn't work out for them, that doesn't mean you're a bad person or that, you know, you failed. It just means that lesson was done. Mm. Interesting. Huh. Very cool. Well done. Uh, well done indeed. So I just want to make sure that we don't miss anything here. We've got about 20 minutes left. Um, what would you say if there was one thing or maybe something in particular that comes to mind, what would you say would be the catalyst of your success ultimately and, you know, how you achieved through the process. I mean, we haven't talked about any of your struggles or anything like that, but it's like, I'm sure there was something that was really a defining moment in becoming a person of success. What was that for you? Well, I have to say I was in the corporate America for over 20 years and a lot of myself, my self respect and my self love came from my title, my salary, the experiences that I had, the accolades that I got. So when I moved over to be an entrepreneur, uh, I didn't realize that. And so after about eight months of being an entrepreneur, I was really questioning myself and I kept relying on my old title and my old experience. And it was really hard for me to shift into having my own business and not really defining it to something bigger. And so that took a lot of self-work. I, I had to work a lot on myself. I read a ton of books. I went through a different practitioners. I did some solo trips by myself. And I feel like for many entrepreneurs, you know, that masculine energy of producing, doing numbers, you know, money and backing into certain money, like that can be really challenging for entrepreneurs. And I feel like the one of the biggest lessons that I had to get over beyond, you know, just how I talk to myself and how I define myself is how I viewed money. Hmm. And what was that distinction with money? How did you view it? Well, when you don't grow up with any money, you really don't know how to manage money, one, and you don't know how to use money as a tool. And I would say that I've done some really deep soul searching around my relationship with money and also, you know, the frequency or energy I gave money. And so one of my favorite books is The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. Mm-hmm. And she is really fantastic in the sense that she really breaks down how much money for many of us is sort of such an area of challenge for many of us, whether you have it or don't have it. 
how you view it and how you use it. And I would say that I've really had to shift to the mindset of getting rich from the energy I create because the work that I do is the impact is is beyond what I could measure. Yet the money is nowhere near what I would really acquire during my technology days. And I had to really kind of wrestle with that in a way that I could feel good and really feel like I was aligned with my real work. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. So it's definitely not about money, but that takes care of itself, doesn't it? When you're on the right path, you'll always have your needs met, right? You do. And it might not come the way you expect. And I think that was kind of a huge epiphany for me is I always thought I had to create it myself. But in reality, the universe provides for us through other people, through experiences. You know, you might get tickets to something or someone invites you to a dinner or you might, you know, win a trip or you might kind of get your website. Someone says, oh, I'll help you with that website or whatever it is. It, you know, I always thought it was so linear. But what one of the things I've learned about being on my own and working for myself and understanding my own hurdles, especially around money, is that your gifts come to you in all different ways, but you have to be present in meaning in the present moment to see them. And I think one of my biggest lessons is like, not only do I need to be in the present moment, which means I'm not focusing on what I'm doing next and I'm not reflecting on where I've been, but I'm in the present moment to have gratitude for the people that come my way, which could be a phone call, an email, a text message, an invitation. And I do feel like if you are on your path that you will that you will be taken care of and things do come your way. But it's really up to you to manage your frequency and make sure you're working from a good heart, from a good place. It's not like you're showing the world, oh, nicey nice, and then behind closed doors, you're a monster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are you, um, just a sideline question. Are you familiar with the water experiments or the rice experiment? You ever heard of that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Definitely. Love that. Yes. And it's yes. been determined that water stores energy. And, you know, I always um, think of it like this. You know, our bodies are mostly water. And so what does that mean? If water stores energy, we better be careful what kind of uh, baggage we're putting in those drops of water because our body will react to that. And so negative energy can actually, you know, and I know it's a scientific reality, negative energy can influence your health in a negative way and positive energy cannot. And like, so a positive experience can't hurt your health, but you know, negative energy can give you cancer literally. Right. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, but that's my philosophy on it. I love that. And I love that. I read the book on it, too, and I feel like it's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it reminds me of another thing that we do a lot as humans. We drive around in our cars and don't realize, you know, and I'm not doing this as much anymore. Very rarely do I ever get upset on the road anymore. And before I used to be a cusser, a middle finger flyer and all that, you know, and, um, that was a long time ago, but when I realized that it's like, holy crap, if, if that's the case and, you know, some people believe matter stores energy. And so if that's true, then apparently, supposedly, according to some beliefs, um, your windshield, your interior of your car, all that is actually absorbing the energy that you're putting out on a regular basis. And it could be a thought or an action or whatever, but it's like a really fascinating thing. When I thought about it like that, I was like, man, I got to stop doing this, you know, not just because I don't want to get shot on the side of a highway in Arizona, (laughs) but you know, it's like, I'm not being a good person. I'm not living up to my potential. And so for me, it was like a way to kind of help monitor my thoughts and feelings and behaviors because I didn't want that energy to be stuck somewhere that I would pick it up again. (laughs) So like for me, that was one of the ways that I dealt with it is in your estimation and your experience, is there any truth to that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like you you get back what you give out. So if you are swearing on the highway and people are taking your parking spot and you're losing your mind, I mean, those are just tests from the universe to see if you've elevated your frequency. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you struggle with certain things that hold you back, 
getting help is the best idea, wouldn't you say? So like, if you just can't move forward or break through, find somebody that can help you, someone like you. Yeah. And I would even say, you know, I'm not really a coach or anything, but I feel like I have a community of light workers and energy practitioners that I've used and I brought them together inside the community together. We seek dot online and I interview all them and share their strategies and stories and experiences. And I feel like it gives you a wealth of opportunity to really kind of dig through what's no longer serving you and give you an opportunity to get that out of you so that you can create more room for a higher frequency. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Um, and may I ask, we're getting close about 10 minutes away from uh, wrapping up here. Um, I want to make sure that there's nothing that might be missing here and I don't want to shortchange the opportunity for something that might be on your heart or in your mind to share. Is there anything that comes to mind that we might have missed today? I would just say that nothing that I've done in my experience has been really hard. It's been a series of small steps where I really am picking myself and my energy. Uh, if you listen to Byron Katie or even Esther Hicks, what happens to you on the outside is a reflection of what is happening on the inside. So if you're not if you're not loving your life right now, if things are really frustrating the heck out of you, you know, it's time to kind of go within and figure out where that energy is coming from, what is no longer serving you and give yourself the opportunity to enjoy your life. You've chosen to come down here. You've chosen to work among the humans. And for many of us, it's really about working from the inside out. And um, you could follow me on any platform or come in my community together. We seek down online and find people to work with. Or you can ask friends and family or just go to your local energy center in the town that you live in. I feel like anywhere is a great way to start. And if something is really calling you or is on your soul right now that like I had, like bring the women together, like I would just tell you to start off the side of your desk, do some research, read a book, find someone who's already doing it. Because there is, you know, no accidents. If things are coming to you, it, the universe is waiting for you to step into your light. Yes, very important. So the instincts and the things that we get, those weird thoughts and like, man, that would be a great idea. Those things are really coming from another place that can help us to discover ourselves and expand our horizons, right? I can if you give it the opportunity and, and you just really carve that space out for yourself to really get into who you are and kind of what frustrates you or what excites you. You know, either way, just learning more about yourself is probably the best investment you can make. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's huge. And and we only have one life to live. When we're young, it seems like it'll last forever. When we, when we get older, it seems like it'll never end. <laughs> or at least I think that way, you know, um, but it is a beautiful experience. I make fun of it a little bit just for fun, but um, in all reality, it's a very serious thing. And I mean, you know, most of us uh, out in the world, I think, get wrapped up in the things and we're trying to get by, you know, just trying to make it to pay the rent or, you know, have enough to do this or that. And it seems like we get distracted so much from the thing that seems to matter the most, which is our spirit, you know, and it seems so contradictory to the world's ways. But in reality, we still have that power within each of us and turning on that power is huge and it does make a big difference. It uh, contributes and you know, infuses, energizes things, you know what I mean? Like, I, I really believe that there's a lot of value and positivity and all those things that you're discussing, you know, just turning on and illuminating that is just better, you know, it's way better, but it's easy for us to forget, you know, and just like, oh, no, 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 I'll go to, I'll, I'll meditate like next month, you know, or something like that instead of like, oh, wait a second, maybe I should take 10 minutes right now and just shut down and chill out and let's see what happens. And mm -hmm. it seems like things always get in the way for those kind of things to happen. What would you say to somebody that's looking for some type of change, breakthrough or uh, advancement in their own life? And uh, what would they do to get a taste of this if they're so wrapped up in the world and the normal day-to-day -day that they just don't really take time to embrace this type of thought and to be in the moment what would you say to somebody like that 
Well, I would say, Chad, I have a something I'm going to share with you called The Power of No. And it's not only a chart, but it's a chapter and it's a video that really helps you look at all the things you've said yes to. Because in reality, most of us give away our time so freely that we really aren't thinking through, like, is this the best use of my time? Is this as much time as I want to give it? Does it align to where I am or where I want to go? And does it give me good energy? And so I'll send that link over to you to share with your listeners. It's called Please. Power of No Chart. Yeah, the Power of No Chart. And what it does is it gives you a real tool that allows you to take a look at where you've said yes and even plan for where people are already asking you to get engaged. Because you are going to need to find space in your schedule to focus on you. And that could be just walking outside in the grass. That could be going to your local coffee shop and reading your favorite book. That could be going to a meal by yourself or maybe a day trip by yourself or even a retreat. I think anything you can do that is exciting or feels comforting to you is a good use of your time. And especially if things are, you're in a space in your life where you feel like you're stuck or you feel like you just need kind of like a separation um, or you're just down in the dumps and you're getting beat up all the time by either people at work or people at home physically or mentally or just emotionally. It is like really think about how you can create that space. And I love Tina Turner. You know, unfortunately, she passed this year, but she's such an inspiration. I mean, she really carved out that space for herself to gain her strength to get out of that situation. And She's a huge inspiration, not only for me, but many, many people. And it started with her carving out space to work from the inside out. Wow. And we all have that capacity. We just need to do it, right? Yes. Absolutely. That is beautiful. So when someone reaches out to you, uh, first of all, do you have your own website separate from that or is it the same website? Yeah, so I have jjdgeronimo.com where I kind of is a landing page for all the things that I'm working on. Beautiful, beautiful. And what can someone expect when they reach out to connect with you? When they reach out and connect with me? Yes. Well, I share, yeah, I really share my life and what I'm working on because that's really the only thing that I can really change is my life and my choices. And so I share my journey with other people, you know, to just whether it's inspirational or informative or, you know, just gives people another view of things that are going on. Very cool. Very cool. So you do not take a selfish approach. You're very selfless in your approach, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a lot. It's taken me a long time to get to this point. And I would say that I want everyone to experience the shift that I've been working through. Mm -hmm. In their own way. Of course. Yes, in their own life, because that's really all you can shift is your life. If you think you're going to change your child or change your relationship or get someone else on your path, I'll just save you the heartache. Like, it's not happening. Like, the only person that you can change is yourself. And when you work on yourself, your exterior you shifts with you. Absolutely. Yeah, what we carry around inside us does eventually shine through sooner or later. We try to hide it, but <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> That's amazing. And any parting words that you might like to share? Some uh, tips, words of wisdom, anything like that? Well, I just want to say thanks, Todd. I think it's amazing that you're just still growing this. I mean, most podcasts don't get out, uh, off to more than 20 episodes. So congratulations Thank on you. your success. And I feel like your story and your journey is equally important. And I loved hearing, you know, how, what, like how my stories like cultivated or uh, like really cultivated you to tell your stories. And I just think if we just remember that life is happening for us, you remember that life is happening for you, you'll be, life will shift for you because you're going to be like, okay, what is the lesson? What do I need to learn? And you can live in a more calm state. Uh, and I think that's really what I'm working towards is really, you know, a lot of the monks and folks that do a lot of work is they, your state should not change by the people external to you. The only way you're, you should change your energy is if you cultivate the change. I think that's a really hard lesson to learn, but I think that I see glimpses of it and I feel like it's amazing how you can be in control of your energy at any point in time if you allow yourself and teach yourself how to do so. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I appreciate the compliment. God bless you. Thank you so much for that. Um, to be honest with you, like this whole thing started to escape my depression and to um, explore people and to get reconnected because um, I had a taste of that working with the census and I missed it a lot when it ended and I had to find a way to, to reach people. And I was living in a rural area and it was like, man, the only, oh, maybe I should start a podcast. And so, you know, for me, it's about learning, you know, from other people's experience and sharing the wisdom and value that we have in relationship and connection. And my prayer for people listening is that they'll use these experiences to be inspired in their own life, to reach out to a stranger, to comfort someone that might be in need, to say hello to the person that they've ignored over and over again, whatever, but like to establish genuine, authentic, loving human connections. Like that's what I really want to see happen here. And I hope it does. Um, you know, for folks listening, but really we have to remember that, you know, for us older people, it's a little bit easier, but like younger people have no idea of what the difference is. They don't even know there was a difference. You know, it's like there's young people who you could show them a CD and they're like, what's that? And, you know, other things that we would normally totally recognize as part of our past, they're like, what's that? And so, you know, it's funny how society seems to change. And I think somewhere in all this technology we're kind of losing you know or at least as a society some of the you know some of the wholesome connections that we used to have are kind of gone you know and it doesn't take driving across town and knocking on a door to reach somebody you click a button on a phone and send the message right now and if they don't get right back you know some people get upset about that and you know, it's like there's value in taking time to achieve things. And so I would resonate with you completely and, and everything that you said, but also just to remind people, you know, that these things don't happen overnight and, you know, it takes time and uh, real change is worth the effort. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the surrender. It's worth the forgiveness and it's worth whatever you can do because it only improves your life and the life that the life that you cut around um so in that way i just think it's beautiful and your share today is perfect for this and i love how you talk about energy and frequencies and stuff like that um you know people should really think more about that stuff because it's it's real it's real there's no question about it mm, that's the truth and i'm happy for everyone who's continued to listen because if you're at this point with us, like this message, there's something in this message for you. Agreed. Agreed. And that's the beauty of it. I really couldn't agree more. And that's a perfect place to close. Thank you so much, Jay D. Geronimo. And I just want to thank you very much for sharing with our audience and uh, sharing with me today. It really means a lot. And I just want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Todd. Such a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out toddcastshow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira, be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor. 
BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.